0: This little piggy went to market, this little piggy stayed home, this little piggy had roast beef, this little piggy had none, this little piggy cried, wee, 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 because it was assaulted in its own home.
1: Can you hear it with your ears? Can you see it with your eyes? Can you feel it wiggling between your quivering thighs? That thing, that thing, that thing with chains. Once every millennium, something will come along. When you feel it, you will know it, cause it's coming on strong. That thing. With James Sit back Relax Deep breaths No stress Let me come Inside Your mind I promise you It won't take long The change will happen soon You will feel something so special Growing deep within you That breathe
0: Welcome back to That Thing with James J. Asher II. I'm your host, James J. Asher II. That's me. Oh, of course my neighbor decides to go out on the stairs right as I'm just starting the recording. You know what? I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop. I sent out the memo. I talked about it on the last episode. I sent out a memo Everyone gets it, and uh, apparently some people feel that uh, they don't have to, uh, you know, be courteous enough to shut the fuck up when I'm recording my show. Anyway, uh, yes, I, I'm i pretty sure I broke my, my little pinky toe on my left foot. See, it happened Thursday night around maybe 9 p.m. I got up from a heavy TV binge, I've been watching this show shameless, I went to the bathroom, I went to pee, I finished peeing, and on my way out of the bathroom, the doorframe jumped out and assaulted my left foot. Full on, bashed right into it. Full force of my like entire body weight. So we're talking 100 30 to 135 pounds moving at a velocity of about say 90 to 125 miles per hour and it bashed into my left foot specifically my left pinky toe and I felt it and I heard it a snap I heard a snap and I don't know if it was just the knuckle popping because I can pop my my toe knuckles but um, it hurt. I said, ouch,
1: owie, I got hurt, my boo-boo, owie. And, um, and
0: I've been living with that. It's hard to walk right now. It's kind of hard to keep my balance. And I just kind of, uh, you know, I was like, uh, fuck all this. <laughs> I was going to record an episode last Friday, but I, I was not feeling it. I was just feeling a lot of pain, uh, and the toe swelled up a lot, and uh, I'm pressing charges against the door frame. It's a small door to the bathroom. It's about half half the, the um, width of your average door frame, and uh, it slipped on me. It slipped right in on me. It shrunk all of a sudden. Saw right where my tender little toe was going and uh put its hard self in the way and um it assaulted me it was an aggravated um assault and battery i am pressing charges um and i'm afraid my toe is going to fall off it's still quite swollen um and it's turning all sorts of fun colors Uh, The nail hasn't fallen off. Uh, The nail is not bruised, but the rest of the toe is bruised and tender. The pain radiates up the side of my foot, sometimes into my ankle. And uh, as I said, walking is difficult. Um, Taking the stairs is very difficult. Specifically going down stairs is difficult. Um, Wearing shoes is difficult. But I'm afraid my toe is going to fall off and I'm getting uh, some elective surgery done. Um, Although it will be a bit smaller than my left pinky toe, um, I am amputating my penis and attaching it to where I'm sure um, my afflicted left pinky toe is going to fall off. So I will still have something there. Um, again, it's not as big as the toe, but it's better than nothing, I think. And that way I can uh, move un- unimpeded, un- not unhinged, but yeah, unimpeded. I can move unimpeded um, with a little peony on my little footsie. So, yeah, that's what's uh, been up. That's what's been up. I, t- I, I made some uh, a list of talking points to talk about for this episode. So let me read this to you. Before I get any further, I, though, I would like to say thank you to my Patreon subscribers for support- supporting this show. Without you, none of this would be possible while that's not really true, um, your donations are very, very, very much appreciated, and I thank you and I love you. And if you, listener and or watcher, are not a subscriber already on Patreon, you can become one, and you can, um, if you're able to, um, you're welcome to donate to the show uh, to help it get better equipment and be able to do more stuff and uh, give me incentive to keep doing it. Um, that's a conversation I'm not going to wander into there, but if you want to donate, <laughs> you can do so at patreon.com slash that thing with James. Once more, that is Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, dot com slash that thing with James. And there you can donate as little as a dollar a month, or you can donate up to over $5,000 a month if you're a high roller. I'm serious, there's options. And you can also get access to the very short stories that are... um, Donor exclusives. So patreon.com slash that thing with James to donate. Onward. Episode 70. I'm pretty sure this is episode 70. Talking points. Um, so here's what I have on my list. I'm gonna just read the whole list. This little piggy song did that. Broken toe did that. Broken bones, okay. Um, Nikki Minaj is pregnant and I am the father. True story. Please shut the fuck up people out there. Jesus Christ. Are, does this girl just wait? Does she have me tapped to be fucking annoying to know like when I'm recording this thing? Jesus. Um, They're fucking out there laughing. Like you don't have to yell to have a conversation when you're five feet away from the person. Okay, yeah. Slam the fucking door. I heard you say you're going to slam the door. Walk. Go away. Be good. Be safe. Yeah, I fucking hear you. Quit yelling. Go away. I don't know who the fuck you are. I don't care who the fuck you are. You're interrupting my very professional show. As I was saying, there they go. Yeah, you better fuck off. Uh, okay. Nicki Minaj is pregnant. Um, and then some suggestions from people, fans of the show, uh, that I'll get to after that. So, first, uh, yes, and hot news learned about it today. Nicki Minaj is pregnant. Wow. Okay. I had to find out via Twitter. It was one of the trending stories that Nicki Minaj is pregnant. Nicki, this is the way I have to find out. You couldn't just call or text or email or DM or reach out to me in any way. Nicki, you know the child is mine. We both know it's mine. And I want to be able to see it. People, Nicki Minaj is pregnant and it's my child. I'm the one that got her pregnant. Um, The thing is, Nicki Minaj used to scare me just because she does a lot of scary things in uh, her music videos. Um, But then I started getting less scared because I was distracted by her, although I I do believe they're enhanced, but I was distracted by her her curves, her boobs. I, I saw a gif, and then, you know, she just came to me And, uh, scared the jizz out of me and into her and it felt really good. So Nikki, um, I will never forget our special time together. I hope you can find it in your heart to let me at least see the child once you have it and to let the world know that I am the father of your child If your child is Luke Skywalker, I am its father. I am the Darth Vader of your your Luke Skywalker child, Nikki. I love you. And I love our sweet child. So tell everyone, as I have, that you are pregnant with my child. Excuse me, I need to take a drink of water now. Okay. (sighs) Broken toe. Yes, I'm pretty sure I broke my toe. Either that or it's just uh, I smashed the fuck out of it. I felt around. Um, Nothing is sticking out that shouldn't be sticking out in any way that it shouldn't be sticking out. Um, However, it hurts quite a bit. It's the. I don't think it's a sprain. Perhaps it's like a hairline fracture. And the thing is, there's no point in going to a doctor. It's the little toe, so you can't tape it to anything. It's just, you gotta live with it until it heals up. This is not the first toe I've broken, and it's not the, certainly not the first bone I've broken. So the first toe I broke was my little pinky toe on my right foot when I was, I'd say, a junior, a sophomore or junior in high school, because I was in the band, uh, the school band. I played trumpet, and we were doing a halftime show uh, at home, at a home game, and um, we were doing the show on the field, and my right foot found its way into a little divot in the football field, and... Um, Didn't quite roll my ankle, but something felt fucky. And then something continued to feel fucky uh, about my my right pinky toe, toe, very specifically that toe. Um, And then later I just figured out, you know, that hurt for a lot longer in a weird way than it should have it just like a sprain or something. So I think I broke it. Um, And then now I've got this other toe problem. Um, it's balancing itself out. See, nature finds a way to balance itself out. The universe, everything is balance. Even the balance of chaos is balance. Okay, um, so Pinky Toe broke that bone. And then I've told this story before on the show. I broke my back, my spine, my T8 vertebrae. I got a 75% compression fracture. On my T8 vertebrae when I was 20 years old from a botched cliff diving dive jump at a lake called Lake 10 Killer just outside of Tahlequah, Oklahoma. And I was in a back brace for six or eight months and on some heavy fucking painkiller prescription. And, uh, that's, uh, it's a problem I live with the broken backness. I do yoga. If you're watching, you can probably see on the floor in the background. I've got my yoga mat rolled out. I'm doing what I can with a busted toe right now. But, uh, yoga is the thing that helps me with my fucked up back. And then when I was, Ooh, I accidentally hit mute. Uh, and then when I was 24, I got into a car wreck in downtown Tulsa at like 5th and Cincinnati, something like that. And, um, see, I was at a red light. I was at a intersection and I got a green light and I go through and across to my left, uh, um, not straight across, but to my left, what adjacent, um, this, this white sedan, or actually coupe no it was a sedan this little white sedan comes rolling up and i kind of inch forward slowly because i'm like is this person going to stop or what is this one of those last minute slam the brakes kind of drivers because i had the green light um and that person had the red light and so i'm going and then I can just tell before our our lines cross, so to speak, before our trajectories would ultimately meet, I could just see, I could predict, shit, that driver is not going to stop. So I slammed on my brakes, and that person just kept driving, and I slammed on my brakes, and had my left hand on the steering wheel, and I slammed my right hand down in the middle of the wheel, to honk the horn and uh the person drove and i actually i actually ended up hitting them they pulled in they were like right in front of me i hadn't even gotten up super fast but it was fast enough to total my fucking car um my front left end or yeah my my front left side it almost hit my driver's door made a collision with like the my, my front left made a collision with her front right side, the passenger side. And um, I don't know about her car, but mine was fucking totaled. Uh, it was my magic school bus, my Chevy HHR. I loved that vehicle. I smoked so much weed in that thing. Uh, people would often tell me when I was an undergrad um, that, It always looked like a Snoop Dogg video when I would get out of the car because I would hotbox it a lot, hence why it was called the Magic School Bus. And I will not admit to have driven while high on either shrooms or acid. I don't remember which um, because that would be very irresponsible and I would not admit to that. But that car was called the magic school bus that station wagon i loved that fucking thing i moved out of like three or four different houses and apartments in that thing i could fit all my shit in at once well anyway that was totaled and the collision one we hit two my airbag came out and pushed me back but i just kind of like blacked out for a split second like everything was super slow mo before the collision happened. And then all of a sudden, and then it's just like, I don't know if I, it wasn't like I remember black. It's just like a split second skipped in my experience of time. And, um, my airbag was out and deflated. And there was smoke billowing out of the, uh, the air vents inside the cabin. And, um, I couldn't eject my fucking uh, debut self-named Gorillas CD album out of Bacara. car. I was listening to Gorillas. I've had to buy that fucking CD, the debut, of the first Gorillas album, three times because of car wrecks, jamming the first two into the fucking CD player. Yeah, that's how it, how it happens. Well, anyway. Um, the collision plus the airbag going out while my right hand was on the middle of the, my steering wheel, it broke my wrist. Um, not the little bones, but like the two bones that make your forearm, the one that's closer to the inside. You know, if you have your the palm of your hand facing down and your arm out, the uh, on the right arm, it's the bone that's closer to your inside. You know what I'm saying? That, where it comes up to the little nub, where it becomes the small bones of the wrists, that got a hairline fracture in it. A pretty substantial hairline fracture in it. So I broke it. It was swollen. Long story short, I had a hell of a fucking summer. And I'm very much right-handed. And I could not write. I couldn't type. I couldn't make a fist. Furthermore, also in the wreck, um, some shrapnel from like the the, the 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 dashboard or whatever, flew off some plastic shrapnel, got a pretty good scrape on my arm here, about the not the size of a salami, but Yeah, it was pretty big, like like uh let's see here. Three inches long, inch, two inches wide maybe, something like that. Um it was all scraped to hell and it burned like a motherfucker because there is powder that coat airbags inside cars. If you've ever been in a car wreck, you may have noticed afterwards that there's like powder on stuff and the airbag itself is kind of powdery. And that powder is there to keep the bag from melting and like sticking to itself if it gets too hot or something. So it's sort of like a dry lubricant of the uh, bundled up bag so that it has no problem inflating in a split second. Well, that powder is made out of talc and some other types of powder chemicals that cause chemical burn on open wounds. It burns your eyes too. And if you inhale it, it will and it, it'll absorb into your lungs for a bit and you'll breathe it out. So if you get in a car wreck and inhale a lot of that powder, which there's usually a lot, like it creates a bit of a cloud, if you inhale that powder and then have to take a breathalyzer test, even if you haven't had a drink in, say, years, um, it will say, the result of that breathalyzer test will say that you have alcohol in your blood, um, simply because um, the way it works, the breathalyzer shoots out a little light ray, reflects it, uh, has a mirror at the other side, the mirror reflects the ray, and then it, uh, records how much uh, light transmission is coming back compared to how much is being sent out. If those two match, that's a ABV, alcohol blood volume, of zero. Um, however, if what comes back is less light particles than is being sent out, then it will say, oh, you've got this much alcohol in your blood because when you breathe out, You supposedly breathe out alcohol particles, and those little alcohol particles absorb the light particles, keep them from reflecting off the mirror back into the sensor. Well, not only does alcohol absorb those light particles, but so does the fucking powder on airbags, which that little detail ended up fucking me. Uh, at a later car wreck, that was the first car wreck I think I'd been in on my own, uh, that did not result in a broken bone. And that's another story. Well, anyway, broke my wrist for a full summer, and it was already a rough fucking summer. I'd just finished grad school. It's in my book. It's all in the book. It's not published yet. If you know anyone who wants a fucking really good book, some, like, really solid writing, I mean, excellent fan fucking fantastic, a great goddamn story. Tell them, I've got a book. Yes. It's uh basically a memoir that I've fictionalized. Uh, because I don't <laughs> I don't want to piss people off more than I'm sure I already will if they ever get their hands on it. Uh, so yeah, broken bones suck. I've had them. Don't do it, Nicki Minaj. We got to meet up again, baby. I'll be right back. I'm thirsty. And I'm back. Uh, Now I am going to get into suggestions from fans of the show uh, of things to talk about. Um, Since I have this book open, I'm not going to go in any particular order. I'm just going to pick these fuckers out. One is uh, Super Volcano. I forgot to write down whose names, who, who said what. So I'm going to try to remember who said what. I think uh, Jaime said Supervolcano as something to talk about. And it's great that he said that because Supervolcano is one of my favorite things. And in order to talk about it, I'm going to reference this book that I have referenced on this show a few times before. Uh a Short History of Nearly Everything by Bill Bryson. It is a great, great, great book. It explains science. So many different schools of science and thoughts, etc. And the history of science. It explains science in a way that a not STEM-minded person can understand. Um, by STEM, I mean Science, technology, electronics, and mathematics. Um, You know, the STEM fields. You know, people who are, they're just, you know, all the autistic people who are also dicks. Like my brother, I love you, but you're an autistic dick. Um, But you're smart as fuck about non-emotional things. So anyway, um, here we are this is uh, chapter 15, talking about supervolcano. Chapter 15, Dangerous Beauty. In the 1960s, while studying the volcanic history, I'm reading from the book, right, by the way, for the listeners. In the 1960s, while studying the volcanic history of Yellowstone National Park, Bob Christensen, the United States Geological Serv of the United States Geological Survey, became puzzled about something that oddly had not troubled anyone before he couldn't find the park's volcano it hadn't been known for a long time or it had been known for a long time that yellowstone was volcanic in nature that's what accounted for all its geysers and other steamy features and the one thing about volcanoes is that they are genuinely generally pretty conspicuous But Christensen couldn't find the Yellowstone Volcano anywhere. In particular, what he couldn't find was a structure known as a caldera. I like that word, caldera. C-A-L-D-E-R-A, caldera. Most of us, when we think of volcanoes, think of the classic cone shapes of Fuji or Kilimanjaro, which are created when erupting magma accumulates in a symmetrical mound. These can form remarkably quickly. In 1943, at Parik. Perijutin in Mexico, a farmer was startled to see smoke rising from a patch on his land. In one week, he was the bemused owner of a cone 500 feet in height. Within two years, it had topped out at almost 1,400 feet and was more than half a mile across. Altogether, there are some 10,000 of these intrusively visible volcanoes on Earth, all but a few hundred of them extinct. But there is a second less celebrated type of volcano that doesn't involve mountain building. These volcanoes are Uh, These are volcanoes so explosive that they burst open in a single, mighty rupture, leaving behind a vast, subsided pit, the caldera from a Latin word for cauldron. Yellowstone, obviously, was of this second type, but Christensen couldn't find the caldera anywhere. By coincidence, just at this time, NASA decided to test some new high-altitude cameras by taking photographs of Yellowstone, copies of which some thoughtful official passed on to the park authorities on the assumption that they might might make a nice blow-up for one of the visitor's centers. As soon as Christensen saw the photos, he realized why he had failed to spot the caldera. Virtually the whole park, 2.2 million acres, was a caldera. The explosion had left a crater more than 40 miles across, much too huge to be perceived from anywhere at ground level. At some time in the past, Yellowstone must have blown up with a violence far beyond the scale of anything known to humans. Yellowstone, it turns out, is a supervolcano. Hear that, Jaime? Let me repeat it. Yellowstone, it turns out, is a supervolcano. It sits on top of an enormous hotspot, a reservoir of molten rock that rises from at least 125 miles down in the earth the heat from the hot spot is what powers all of yellowstone's vents geysers hot springs and popping mud pots beneath the surface is a magma chamber that is about 45 miles across roughly the same dimensions as the park and about 8 miles as thick as its thickest point or at its thickest point Imagine a pile of TNT about the size of Rhode Island and reaching eight miles into the sky to about the height of... Of the highest cirrus clouds, and you have some idea of what visitors to Yellowstone are shuffling around on top of. The pressure that such a pool of magma exerts on the crust above has lifted Yellowstone and about 300 miles of surrounding territory about 1,700 feet higher than they would otherwise be. If it blew, The cataclysm is pretty well beyond imagining. According to Professor Bill McGuire of University College London, you wouldn't be able to get within a thousand kilometers of it while it was erupting. The consequences that followed would be even worse. Super plumes of the type on which Yellowstone sits are rather like martini glasses, thin on the way up, but spreading out as they near the surface to create vast bowls of unstable magma. Some of these bowls can be up to 1,200 miles across. According to theories, they don't always erupt explosively, but sometimes burst forth in vast continuous outpouring of flood of molten rock, such as with the Deccan traps in in India 65 million years ago. Trap in this context comes from a Swedish word for a type of lava. Deccan is simply an area. These covered an area of two hundred thousand square miles and probably contributed to the demise of the dinosaurs. They uh, certainly didn't help with the with their noxious outgassings. Superplumes may also be responsible for the rifts that caused continents to break up. That's what people are walking around on in fucking Yellowstone Park, man. We can't even imagine if the fucker blew. And this goes on like, oh, where is it? Um, mm, I'll just keep reading. Maybe I'll find something. It's first, since its first known eruption 16.5 million years ago, it has blown up about 100 times. But the most recent three eruptions are the ones that get written about. The last eruption was a thousand times greater than that of Mount St. Helens. The one before that was 280 times bigger, and the one before was so big that no one knows exactly how big it was. It was at least 2,500 times greater than St. Helens, but perhaps 8,000 times more monstrous. We have absolutely nothing to compare it to. The biggest blast in recent times was that of Krakatau in Indonesia, or Krakatau. Yeah, Krakatau in Indonesia in August 1883, which made a bang that reverberated around the world for nine days and made water slosh as far away as the English Channel. But if you imagine the volume of ejected material from Krakatau as being about the size of a golf ball, then the biggest of Yellowstone blasts would be about the size of a sphere you could just about hide behind. On this scale, Mount St. Helens would be no more than a pea the yellowstone eruption of 200 of 2 million years ago put out enough ash to bury new york state to a depth of 67 feet or california to a depth of 20 that was or this was the ash that made mike Voorhees' fossil beds in eastern nebraska the blast occurred in now in what is now idaho but over millions of years at a rate of about 1 Inch a year, and the Earth's crust has traveled over it so that today it is directly under northwest Wyoming. The hot spot itself stays in one place, like the uh, yada yada yada. Well, anyway, the blasts of the Yellowstone supervolcano caldera, the supervolcano there, they would happen at regular intervals throughout history. However, when that book was published, the one I was just reading, that was published in 2002. At that point, it was about, uh, Yellowstone was about 200 years overdue for its regularly scheduled explosion, violent explosion. So really, right now, we're like, The thing should have busted already. We don't know what it's doing right now, but it's likely that it could blow at any minute. And if it did, uh, we'd all be dead, bro. Onward. Natalie asked, Weird things that are good for breakfast. Um, Pussy and ass. Onward. Uh, Let's see here. Josh, he suggested a couple. Okay, all right, Natalie, all right. I'll give you some better ones. I mean, honestly, you can have anything for breakfast. Uh, Something that's weird but tastes good for breakfast? Um... Honestly, anything is worth breakfast, and you can have breakfast anytime anyway, but like, you can have dinner, you have a burrito for breakfast, and I'm not talking about like some fucking breakfast burritos, fuck that shit, I'm talking like a real fat super burrito with like shredded beef and all sorts of shit. Um, you can eat whatever you want for breakfast, although I usually tend to start off with just some fruits, maybe some eggs, burled eggs, um... I'll have to put more thought to that. If I think of something, I'm sorry. I didn't think of anything weird enough. I thought it would come to me, but clearly it's not. Um, So Josh has a couple here. I'll start with this first one. He said the word cabal. C-A-B-A-L. Cabal, I looked up the definition for it. I know what it is, but I looked up the definition again just to make sure I got it right, and I was right. Cabal is a secret political clique or faction. Um, so we talking like, you talking like deep state, like what do you want with cabal? My mind automatically went to Ghislaine Maxwell because right now she's in court trying to, uh, she's in like a, trying to get her bail and they're not letting her because she's huge flight risk. um, so Ghislaine Maxwell, a lot of people pronounce her name wrong because it's spelled really fucking weird, but they I've heard Gislaine, I've heard Gislin. It's Glaine, Lady Ghislaine Maxwell. Uh, she was the groomer. Uh, some say she might have actually been like the mastermind like Jeff, she was with Jeffrey Epstein, like they were they were tight. Toy, toy, both of them. And then uh, uh, Wes Lexner or or Les Wexner, I always get fuck his name up. Those three were toy, but Ghislaine and Jeffrey were with each other all the time. Uh, Jeffrey was most definitely a disgusting fucking pedophile. Um, But the thing is, uh, Ghislaine, she's being charged and has a reputation of grooming. The young women that they would abduct and traffic um, into sex slavery. Um, It's fucked up. But um, just waiting to see if she's going to get COVID. Oops. Oh, no, she can't talk anymore. She got, quote, unquote, COVID-19. Oh, no. Yeah, but Ghislaine Maxwell got arrested. Somewhat recently, a week, week and a half ago. And uh yeah. Just waiting to see what happens. Um Alan Dershowitz, fucking law professor, whatever, slash attorney. Um he's a fucking piece of shit who's involved in the Epstein cabal. And uh he just got something like, you know, if they get the black book or whatever. Um, he basically got it passed in court that the names could not be released. So that shit will have to remain secret. That fucking piece of shit. And you know his name is in there a lot in that black book. And in those tapes, even though... For the weeks leading up to that final ruling, he was saying, I want you, I hope you find all the tapes. I hope you find the black book. I hope you find every document. I want you to look at, I want you to release it because you'll see that I'm nowhere in there because people were fucking with him on, on Twitter saying like, yo, Dersh, we know you're a kitty diddler. Beyond that, you're a fucking human trafficking child fucker. Um, there's probably blood involved in a lot of these things And I'm not just talking about virgin blood I'm talking murder um, Turning the frogs gay uh, That's a, That was my impression of um, Alex Jones Thank you But yeah, the Dersh He was being very erratic Very cagey, weird Saying, you know, I've got nothing to do with Epstein Nothing to do with Epstein And then all of a sudden, oh he successfully lobbies for the fucking evidence to get covered up for good. Uh, does not sound like something someone would do if they really wanted everyone to see it just to exonerate themselves. Fuck Alan Dershowitz. Fuck all those people in that cabal. Um, and it cracks me up. Uh, you know, I see shit on, on social media, you know, um, Trump supporters will, they had a hashtag running when Ghislaine got arrested, a uh, hashtag um, uh, Clinton body count to see if the Clintons would have her assassinated. Um, and, but at the same time I see like Clinton supporters putting out all sorts of memes of like, you know, Trump being involved with Epstein. But the thing is motherfuckers, these people are all in the same class, uh socioeconomic pl- pl- socioeconomic class. They're all fucking rich. they're they're rich people. they're they have rich connections. They know shit and see things that we're never gonna get to. Um, societies, you know, so, you know, exclusive clubs and shit like that. That's been part of high society since forever you know? So it's not, oh, it's just Trump and Epstein. And it's not just, oh, the Clintons and Epstein. It's fucking both of them, you morons. They're both fucking implicated. Everyone's fucking implicated. A shit ton of people are implicated. That's why Epstein got suicided. And that's why Glenn Maxwell might very well get suicided. Uh, supposedly the um, prison she's in being held in, in, in Brooklyn is moving her around from cell to cell because they're afraid of assassins, maybe finding out. Uh, I don't really see how that's going to help anything, but they've got her on a barren mattress. They have her wearing paper clothes to make sure she doesn't have any like kind of like cloth to commit suicide with. Like Jeffrey Epstein did quotes, big air quotes here. Um, But yeah, also, a a uh, judge is covering. Um, I, I forget where what district this judge is part of. Is uh, she's in New Jersey? I know that, um, but it's a, a Latino woman who's a judge, like the first Latina judge in in New Jersey or something like that. I was reading this morning. Someone, I think, a hit man dressed up in FedEx uniform, driving a FedEx truck, shot up the woman's house. The judge, the woman herself, is fine. Her her husband is seriously injured, critical condition. The son is fucking dead. Like, 15-year-old boy, fucking dead. This dude just shot up this house. And that judge is covering Jeffrey Epstein's relationship with Deutsche Bank. Deutsche Bank is also, you know, Trump is known to owe them money, Um, and Deutsche Bank also supposedly had a big part to play in getting Brett Kavanaugh elected to Supreme Court office. You know, even beyond the, the rapey shit, the guy just, like, On his fucking CV, his curriculum vitae, his his resume, he does not have, literally does not have enough career experience to be a Supreme Court judge, yet he is one now, because class interests, people in the same class, rich folk, ruling class, got him in, twisted strings, paid people off, yada, yada, yada. Again, it doesn't fucking matter if you call yourself a republican or a democrat or whatever that shit is all just fake empty rhetoric all that of the only real difference there is even race difference is fucking fake imaginary shit the only real difference that exists is class socioeconomic class differences you have the bourgeois, and you have the proletariat. And there's a lot more proletariat, but the bourgeois, and uh, use this old, old tactic of divide and conquer. How do you get the proles fighting against one another? You create racial tension. You create financial tension, so on and so forth. All right, moving on to Josh's second thing. Um, dad rules thermostat settings light usage open doors etc dad rules I've got them I'm like a childless dad basically I've been like an old man like old sensibilities I like to sit around I like to listen to the radio I like to drink tea I like to go for walks I like to read I fucking love playing Sudoku so do I have dad rules fuck yeah fuck yeah turn off the light Close the fucking door. Oh, have you gotten everything you need out of the fridge? Well, why don't you shut the fridge? You're letting all the cold air out. Shut the door. You're letting all the hot air in. Turn the lights off. Turn the PS4 off. Turn the TV off. It's been on for too fucking long. You know, there are just things, simple fucking things. The dishes. Did you scrub them? Did you rinse off the dishes good enough? Okay, then why was I, when I was just boiling water in the sauce pot to, to have hot water to make tea with, why did that water start frothing and foaming as if there was soap in it? Like when you boil water that has dish soap in it, it does it. It like froths up crazy. I was doing that. Oh, why? Because the person who did the dishes, that wasn't me. Did not fucking rinse anything off. Oh, and that explains why everything feels like fucking greasy and has this shit on it. It's just common sense is not that common. And uh, and people get upset. You know, they're like, you're not my dad. And I'm like, well, you're not my fucking child, but I have to treat you like it because you fucking leave a fucking mess. I don't want to live in squalor onward. Uh, da, da, da. Cheney. The overwhelming urge Some people have To pop balloons And why that proves We are a garbage species Um dude <laughs> I think you need to go to a therapist My friend If you're getting that irritated About people popping balloons then, uh, I think there's a lot more going on Than just balloon popping Are you one of those people with, like, the kinks where you get off on the balloon popping? Or are you one of those people that I talked about in the sex episode that starts, like, crying and freaking out when the person is sitting on the balloon and squishing it, but then it pops and then you just lose your shit because you can't stand the fucking balloon popped? Or do you just not like the popping sound? I mean, if you're talking about people being a dick popping someone else's balloon um, unprovoked, then that's shitty. And also balloons are made of rubber, and they float around, and they create fucking litter. I already think we're a trash species, and um, can't wait for us to be extinct. Wink. Okay, uh, let's see here. Um, where is it? Where is it? Evan. did I not write your thing down? Because Oh, here it is. What's going on in Portland? Evan said, asks, or says, talk about what's going on in Portland. Hold on a second. I'll be right back. I need to check something. All right, sorry about that. I had to text someone back. Um, so my cousin Evan suggested, what's going on in Portland? Um, well, I actually just read today that um, it's going to be a hot minute um, for this like Heat wave to keep hitting, uh, excuse me, n- n- northeastern and eastern um, states in the continental U.S. Um, Portland, Maine is part of that. Um, and it's not far from Stephen King. I've never been to Maine. I'd love to go to Maine. Uh, it just looks fucking beautiful. Particularly, I'd love to go there during fall and maybe even winter just to see the snow. and it's so woodsy. And I've looked at pictures of like Portland and it just, it's so cute. There's so many cute places and God, oh my God. To get a lobster, lobster rolls in Maine, that would be dreamy. I would love to just go on a tour through all of New England. Um, Go through like colonial towns in the US and then like just roll around New England for like a month or so. Uh, Just look at the woods up there. I bet it's fucking beautiful. I bet I would love it. Um, Or were you talking about Portland, Oregon? Oh, are you talking about the fucking riots and shit that's still going on? Or are you talking about the woman who was like doing a sit-in nude in front of this line of police? There's like a famous picture now of a woman from behind. She's sitting on the ground, kind of like spread eagle, totally nude toward the cops. That's a fucking power move if I've ever seen one. Fuck the police. Um, or are you talking about the secret police that have been fucking kidnapping people into unmarked minivans and driving off? Not just there, but in other cities, too. Was that Trump is fucking and, and his cabinet are sending out a fucking Gestapo? We have a fucking Gestapo going out in camouflage and military gear. There's videos of this shit all over the internet right now. Log on Twitter. I'm sure you can find something, people, if you you don't know what I'm talking about. There's fucking video footage of secret, like, SS American Gestapo going out and picking people up off the street. Picking people out of their homes. And there's people around recording them saying... Who are you? What's your name? What are you doing here? Who do you work for? Why don't you have any signs? Why don't you have any patches? Who are you working for? What are you doing this for? And they never talk. The vehicles are unmarked. They just pick a person up off the fucking road, put them in the car, and there's a bunch of other camoed up, kitted out fuckers. And they drive off with these people. We don't know where the fuck they're taking them, but I heard um, I don't know if it's the state of Oregon or just the city of Portland, but either Oregon or Portland, Oregon, are suing the United States for setting out fucking Gestapo. And I bet they're here in Austin. I bet they're in your city, too. Yes, I shit you not. There are secret fucking Gestapo police kidnapping motherfuckers right now. Um, interesting times we're living in, and I suspect they're only going to keep getting more interesting in the coming months and year. Onward, uh, ta-ta, ta-ta, ta-ta. Crystal BDSM kinks. Um, if you are unaware what BDSM means, that means Barney dinosaur sits mittens and then the kinks is like a knot when you know you sometimes you get the mittens with like the little yarn that connects them at the the base of the hand where you slip your hand in um, sometimes I can get knotted up or, or kinked up so Barney dinosaurs sit in mittens they get a little kinked up sometimes um, What do you want to know I know you're uh, This person is a, uh, a Rennie It's a Renfair girl And I've known a few Renfair people I've known a few Rennies Now some of the haters I'm not one I think Renfairs are cool as fuck I've only gotten to go to one And it was a very small one in Muskogee, Oklahoma I want to go to the big one here in Texas And I know there's at least a couple But I want to go um but there's Renfair folk and the haters describe Rennies as carnies in garb. Carnival folk. Carnies in garb. Garb being like Renaissance or medieval clothing and costumes, armor and shit like that. I think that shit's fucking cool. I love that stuff. But I've known some Rennies. I've got a few Rennie friends. I've always gotten along with them. And they are the tend to be. From my experience, Rennies tend to be pretty horny, pretty kinky. And I like that too. Nothing wrong with being horny and kinky. In fact, I encourage horniness and kinkiness. Um, And Rennies are no exception. For some reason, I've just mostly dated... Um, girls who just happen to not like Renfair people. And I didn't even know this until, like, well into the relationship that this person hates Renfairs and hates Rennies. But the thing is, fuck that. This is a hate-free podcast. And if you hate Rennies, I fucking hate you. There's no hate allowed here. Fuck off with the hate. And if you do hate that, I fucking hate you. Um. But yeah, Renfair people are fucking kinky as shit. They get in orgies. Yeah, I know. Oh, Wink. Oh, I know what goes on. Um. And BDSM stuff is just—it's fucking hot. You know, get tied up. You know, using blood as lubricant—it's fucking hot, yo. Uh let's see here. I need to start wrapping this up, so let me get on to this last one. Um from what the fuck is his name? Trayson. Trayson said social nudity. Now that one confused me a bit. Social nudity. Are we talking nudity in social media? Or are we talking nudity in a social setting or are we talking nudity in public? Um, I will just for an all, I'll give you an all encompassing answer here. I think nudity is okay. It should not be illegal. It should not be looked down upon. It should not be frowned upon. It should not be ostracized. It should not be judged. I think we are born nude and we should be allowed to be fucking nude. I feel more comfortable nude. And just last week, I think last Wednesday or so, was National Nude Day. I mean, it's basically National Nude Day every day for most of the year. In this apartment that I record in has no insulation, two shitty old air conditioning window units, and it's fucking hot because it's second floor. We get beat from the sun on all sides in, in central Texas, heat and humidity. So it's just too hot to wear fucking clothes. And I just like being nude in general. Um, unless it's really cold, then I like to bundle up. Um, but for most part, I like being naked and I don't think there's anything wrong with being naked. And one of the funny things is, you know, when it comes to public speaking, one of the, um, cliche tips you'll hear about how to not get nervous is to picture the audience in their underwear or picture the audience nude. That never helped me. Actually, what helps helped and helps me, oddly enough, is um, picturing myself nude on the stage, because then I'm already completely exposed so that I'm more vulnerable, and through that, I feel more confident and comfortable. And I've actually had to do some nudity for acting and stuff, and uh, I shit you not. My usual nerves were light years away. I felt so comfortable being nude. I feel comfortable being nude. And I wish more people felt comfortable being nude. Uh, I think the United States' problems with nudity stems from uh, the wackadoodle Puritans um, that came here and raped a bunch of uh, First Nations people, raped, murdered, massacred, all in the name of peace and love and Jesus. Um, But yeah, I think more people should be naked more often, and I think it should be culturally acceptable, encouraged and admired and appreciated in an artistic and spiritual level. Nudity, our bodies, these vessels that we live in until the day we die. Um, I feel like that would solve a lot of problems. Just nudity and openness and comfortableness with nudity and sexuality. Um, yeah, there needs to be more of that. Anyway, that's it. I got to wrap this episode up. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to the people who gave me material to talk about. I might come back to it because I kind of ran out of time on this episode. Um, and thank you to my donors. You guys rock. Again, if you want to become a donor to help support the show, help me maybe get some better gear and stuff like that so that maybe I can like do some you know stream interviews with people because I don't quite have the gear to work that out to be able to like record an hour long interview with someone just over the computer um but or or if you just want to you know express your appreciation for the work i'm putting out for the show um you can become a donor at patreon.com slash that thing with james um thanks for tuning in i love you all Catch you next week. Bye.